0: Welcome to EANcast, your weekly source for education, research and updates from the European Academy of Neurology.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to our weekly EAN podcast. My name is Barbara Tettenborn. I'm the editor-in-chief of e-learning and on my side for today's podcast is Professor Thomas Berger who is the chair of the Scientific Committee of the European Academy of Neurology. Since 2018, he is Professor of Neurology and Chair of the Department of Neurology at the Medical University of Vienna in Austria, and very well known from previous podcasts uh, to everybody who listens uh, regularly to our podcast. So hello and very welcome, Thomas.
2: Hi, Barbara. Very nice also to be on the other side. So uh, this time I'm interviewed rather than moderating.
1: Yeah, it's a harder part, I think. (laughs) And today we are talking about the latest EAN Congress, which just took place a few weeks ago in Budapest and was a great success. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about the Congress statistics and what was happening.
2: No, indeed, I can echo what you said. It was a fantastic Congress, and not only because uh, actively engaged, I think it was the perception of all participants. And the participants were... Enormously, it were nearly uh, 5,700 or even a little bit more on site in Budapest and uh, approximately 2,000 in a virtual setting. And they came from more than 110 countries worldwide. And it was, uh, apart from the scientific content, it was a kind of very family community meeting. And this was uh, to be recognized on all corners and edges and it was and therefore it was, it was a perfect setting it was a very nice atmosphere it was gorgeous scientific context so i think it indeed it was a big uh, success
1: as chair of the scientific committee you are very much involved in the program planning can you tell us a few things about the popular tap topics of this year's congress the hot topics of this year
2: You know, uh, to be honest, I would have loved to see and participate in much more sessions and workshops and all the different formats which were provided and offered to the participants. Nevertheless, I think there are always some highlights, and I think one is always a kind of long uh, discussion about the overarching topic of an EAN annual congress, and this year's it was uh, Neurology Beyond the Big Data and of course some symposia also focused workshops circled around this topic and the others i think uh, for me personally are the plenary lectures because they uh, on the one hand um, incorporate named lectures and this is always a very outstanding and stunning performance of highly achieved and uh, awarded individual from the neurological community And the other thing is the highlight session, because this is, for me, the the kind of wrap-up of the most important uh, scientific contents of the Congress.
1: Yeah, the same is true for me. So if I have very little time, due to all our board meetings and other stuff, uh, to go to sessions, uh, I always try to go to the highlight session in the end. So if we can recommend something to the young ones, they should never miss the highlight session in the end. It's a new stuff around in the world. Sure.
2: Yes, and I think it's always amazing, really amazing uh, about this enormously high quality of the scientific contact, which I think is self-explaining because this is the nature of our Congress. But nevertheless, if, if you get this... Um, Presented in this uh, in this wrapped up and concentrated way, it is always, uh, as I said, very amazing. Although, of course, not all topics can be covered in this session, so there are every year kind of revolving highlight topics, and uh, usually there are five or six topics presented by well-known and renowned colleagues. And so, uh, as as you said, it, it's the best. It's the best um, wrap-up in a very short time to know what happened during the Congress.
1: As you mentioned, the overarching theme was neurology beyond big data. So there was a lot going on about digital medicine, artificial intelligence. So in which way can or does digital medicine help us in daily clinical neurology?
2: Yeah, that's probably not that easy to, uh, to answer or respond to because I think we are, although it's um, urged on uh, every site and everywhere, I think we are on the beginning of a road because the one issue is that I think the, the data generation is already there and we all generate data, clinical, electrophysiological, MRI data, genetic data, whatever. But uh, the next step is to integrate those data to, let's say, a more holistic view. And I think this is the utmost goal of digitalization because it's not the electronic archive of data we are collecting because this is already available. It is more the, as I said, the integration in this holistic view. And at the end of the day, we should bring together probably parallel worlds which are already uh, in time, in terms of uh, data generated, and to find out probably individualized solutions uh, for our patients, individualized profiles, individualized therapies, which is not an academic exercise. It should be, of course, implemented in our routine work. And um, I think the utmost importance of this is not only the aim of bringing those parallel worlds together in terms of integration, but it should also enable us to spare time again for our core business, which means patient management. And I think that should be one of the utmost goals of digitalization in neurology up in the next years.
1: Yeah so nobody should be afraid of uh, digitalization uh, of medicine or artificial intelligence i heard a lot of people talking yeah is that really good for the future but i also believe strongly that this is an advantage for our future management of patients
2: No i completely agree and i think the anxiety or the 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 hesitancy is probably on several levels of course one is a, a big issue Uh, Because we are the treasurers of the data of our patients. And I think that's something we need to communicate much better to avoid, uh, of course, that patients or individuals, not necessarily patients, individuals really feel comfortable that their data, individual data are handled with care and protected. On the other hand, of course, the digitalization, as I said, always uh, is associated with the fear that this causes more workload than we have already. And I think, therefore, again, communication and probably also education is needed to, to communicate this utmost goal that it should be an ease in handling the patients and not in an increased workload.
1: Are there any subspecialties within urology which profit especially from the use of digital medicine?
2: You know, from my uh, gut feeling, I would say no, because I think it tackles all of us, be it in terms of, let's say, uh, clinicians, because we are collecting data all day long in a routine patient care management anyway. Then, of course, there are lab data, imaging data, functional data, whatever data are used. And this regards more or less all specialities or all topics of disorders in neurology. So I don't think that there is a specific priority for the one or other disease or disease group. I think it um, it, it, it is a matter of all of us, uh, regardless which kind of focused interest we have. And therefore, we also need to engage everybody. And I think Um, This is also uh, a bit met already by EAN. As you probably know, we have introduced and implemented the task force on alien neurology, which is, of course, not only remote monitoring of patients, but also tackles uh, the issue of digitalization. And this is kind of um, overarching matter for all neurological disorders or also for all people, be it in the research, be it in the clinical routine, be it in the neuropathology, be it in the neuroimaging, so it, it, it matters all of us.
1: Yeah, I strongly believe the same way, it is just trying to uh, get the point for everybody to you know that digitalization is nothing to get around, you have to do it, you have to involve yourself and you have to com- commit yourself if you want to uh, get into the future of neurology. Of course, there was also a focus on brain health according to the brain health mission of the European Academy of Neurology. So what was going on in that regard?
2: Yeah, I think uh, and uh, we have reported already or we have chatted already in this uh, podcast series about the brain health and the brain health mission. And uh, uh, this has been launched a bit more than a year ago. And therefore, it was, I think, um, uh, clear that EAN and especially the board members who are kind of ambassadors of this strategy and mission concentrated also on this topic during the Budapest Congress. And there have been, uh, and I think this is also part of this mission, it's not an EAN exclusive splendid isolation activity. It is a as I think everybody can imagine that brain health is not a pure neurology uh, issue. It also, um, of course, um, includes uh, psychiatry, it uh, includes other specialities, other interest groups. And therefore, there were a couple of uh, meetings, uh, let's say informal meeting or informative meetings, for example, with the uh, president of the American Academy of Neurology, with the president of the... World Federation of Neurology, we had TV studio uh, meetings and discussions and therefore promoting uh, brain health mission primarily among the neurologists, of course, because it's also important to make everybody aware of this, of this mission and strategy. On the other hand, of course, several sessions, scientific sessions, but also sessions in the scientific theater were dedicated to the topic of brain health. And last but not least, of course, I think together with the growing number of partner organizations within the brain health mission, it was also, of course, highlighted that there is the broader the spectrum of partners and the broader the fundament uh, of uh, interested groups, the better this. And I think one of the key Uh, Partners is, of course, also the uh, patient organization, the European Federation of Neurological Associations, because, of course, all this we are doing is at least in part including uh, matters of patients. However, we also need to recognize that brain health is not only the absence of neurological disorders, or also not only the prevention of neurological disorders by identifying risk factors it also matters, the brain health over our lifespan. But nevertheless, I think uh, patient organizations, and especially our main partner, EFNE, is of utmost importance for this mission.
1: Yeah, as you said, brain health is very important for everybody, for the both of us, for everybody in the world. Uh, It's uh, the slogan, one life, one brain. So we have to take care of it. And everybody has to... Uh, unfortunately, just getting aware of it—it's a pity that it hasn't been done before. But at least now we really make a lot of effort uh, to tell everybody that brain health is the most important issue if we want to grow older uh, with pride.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I think the interesting part is uh, is that we take it for granted, and I think this is the reason why we neglected it in a certain way because we take it for granted that. No, no, probably not everyone, but most of us use their brain in a daily base or hourly base. <laughs> but I think it's also good to focus on kind of aha experiences. For example, that I think in the post industrialized societies, like in Europe, brain health is one of our capitals. And there was one person I remember uh, who said that um, the intellectual capital Is our oil uh, in Europe. And I think this is completely true. And we need to take care of it. Uh, And this means right from the beginning, interuterine, and throughout our lifespan. Yeah,
1: Yeah, very right. There was also a lot done during the Congress regarding sustainability. So we used uh, reusable materials for the booth and the new heart. Uh, we had to reduce print materials, pre-ordered Congress bags uh, made for materials from previous Congresses. Uh, there was uh, public transport provided with access uh, to participants for all public transport throughout uh, Budapest. Uh, so I think there's also in that regard a lot done by the European Academy of Neurology. I personally had the impression that the young European neurologists are a very active group, eager to learn, acquire knowledge, uh, and of course they were very happy to be able to meet in person again on a regular basis and have their networking events, which sometimes even leads to lifelong personal friendships, as I myself remember from my first congresses. So what was your personal highlight of the congress?
2: Yeah, as I already mentioned, I think at the beginning, I think the atmosphere reflected exactly what you said. So, um, uh, there was a huge number of young neurologists attending the Congress, which I think mirrors the fact that, uh, from our individual members, the young neurologists are the largest number. So we, EN is not only a young organization in terms of years, it's also a young organization regarding its members. And I think, This is also reflected in the program. On the one hand, there is enormously, I think, excellent educational offers on various stages. And I think this is appreciated by the young neurologist attending the Congress, because this is not only a kind of educational session. There are case-based workshops, hands-on workshops, uh, career development there was, uh, for example, also the, the leadership program was launched during the Congress. So there's an enormously, um, from EAN and especially from the Education and Programme Committee and also the Teaching Committee, of course, and e-learning committee, Barbara, uh, is of course enormously efforts to meet the needs of our major core group. And uh, this was also, as I said, mirrored in the atmosphere. So I had the feeling that even coming from a, a huge variety of countries, uh, I had the impression that they quickly got engaged. Um, they probably, and it could you could feel this, uh, build up friendships based on these meetings. Um, they were hanging around uh, in this nice outside area. The networking um, evening was extremely nice. So I think This builds the community, and the community uh, is only built if also the expectations and also needs are met. And I think, uh, you know, without any pride, but uh, I have to advertise this, that I think EAN is doing a marvelous job, and especially our head office with the various uh, people engaged in the various departments is, is really dedicated, committed in uh, supporting young neurologists at um, many, many, many different uh, levels. And uh, as you and I also had to attend a lot of business meetings during the Congress, it was also very obvious that the participation of young neurologists in the various business meetings, scientific panels and other committees, is of really um, highly dedicated young neurologists. And I think For us, a bit matured neurologists, this is good, because they are driving us. So they are challenging us, and I think this is the best way.
1: Yeah, and that's the future of neurology. Thank you very much, Thomas, for this nice talk today, and see you soon.
2: Yes, it was a big pleasure. We could talk a little bit more about Budapest, but on the other hand, I'm already longing for the next Congress in Helsinki next year. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: This has been EANcast Weekly Neurology. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcatcher for weekly updates from the European Academy of Neurology. You can also listen to this and all of our previous episodes on the EAN campus to gain points and become an EAN expert in any of our 29 neurological specialties. Simply become an EAN individual member to gain access. For more information, visit ean.org slash membership. That's ean.org membership. Thanks for listening. ENCAST Weekly Neurology is your unbiased and independent source for educational and research-related neurological content. Although all content is provided by experts in their field, it should not be considered official medical advice.